Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. What's up, Love Tribe? 
Welcome to I Do Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. If you're single, married, dating, or struggling in a relationship, we're glad you are here with us. We're here to help give you the tools to succeed. And today we welcome Dr. Diana Wiley. And Dr. Wiley has been practicing as a sex therapist and marriage and family therapist for longer than Sarah and I have been alive. So she has a ton of awesome knowledge for us on today's show. And we focus in on sex and how to have a better sex life in your relationship. And it all comes down to a few things that Dr. Wiley goes over throughout the show. And a lot of it is communication and opening up a dialogue around sex in a relationship. And Dr. Wiley gives us specific tools and resources and just all of her knowledge from all the years of working with couples in sexual frustrated relationships, really, and giving them the tools and now sharing them with us and with you guys. So really hope you enjoy today's episode. And stay tuned. At the end of the episode, we're playing the song Come Alive from the band The Hip Abduction from their album Gold Under the Glow. And as always, we appreciate you guys supporting the show by listening, sending us emails, leaving us a review on iTunes. Also, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know if there's any topics you'd like to see covered, if you're digging the music from the band The Hip Abduction. Uh, we love to hear from our listeners, the Love Tribe. So drop us a line. Let us know what's going on. If you have any problems in your relationship, we may be able to help you out or we can certainly point you in the right direction. You can also support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash I do podcast. You can also click on the link in our show notes or the show description for Amazon. We get a small percentage of everything you buy on Amazon when you go through that link. And it doesn't cost you anything, so check that out. You can also go to audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast. You get a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook download. So going with the sexy theme of today's episode, check out Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. Really great book. I'm actually in the middle of it. I'm reading it, but I wish I had it on audiobook. And then I could take it on my run, on my paddles, or in the car. So check that out, audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcasts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Today we have Dr. Diana Wiley with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. I always like to talk about sex, and I've been doing it. <laughs> I've, been, I've been a sex therapist for almost 35 years, so probably longer than you two have been alive. Do you sound young? <laughs> but uh, anyway, I love, I love my work. It's deeply satisfying, and uh, I have no plans to retire, and um, so I'm happy to join your podcast. Well, we're so happy to have you, and 35 years of work in this uh, 
area, I'm sure you have a ton of knowledge and great information that's going to help us and our listeners. So we can't wait to pick your brain and we're going to dive right in and kind of focus in on your work as a sex therapist and talk about kind of the most common reasons you see couples struggling and and seeking uh, help from you and then how they can work to spice up their sex life. So what would be kind of the most common reason couples are seeking help from yourself or other sex therapists? The most common reason is mismatched desire. Uh, One in three married couples. Now we can also, I I may use the word married, but it can be um, partnerships that are committed, right? But one in three married couples struggle with a gap in sexual desire. In fact, mismatched desire is the number one problem discussed in sex therapist's office. And uh, the causes for discrepancy of desire uh, can be, they can have medical explanations, for instance, hormone imbalances, side effects of medications, uh, can also be as a result of stress, fatigue, depression, grief. I'm just highlighting some of the reasons. A negative body image or unresolved issues from childhood, such as sexual abuse. Uh, and all of this can sap sexual desire. And uh, some of the other causes for mismatched desire are continuing arguments. Feelings of anger between the spouses, between the partners. Uh, anger just saps sexual desire. Um, and I want to just interject here that uh, when I do sex therapy occasionally, especially with, I'm in Seattle, so I get uh, a number of Indian clients who work for couples, you know, and who work for Microsoft and uh, and uh, Chinese and some others, where the, the sex education hasn't been very good. So then part of sex therapy is sex education. Just earlier I saw a guy, really bright, nice guy, and he really didn't even know where the clitoris was. So then I have to bring out some, some drawings and that sort of thing and, and talk about it. But uh, uh, a small survey was done of sex therapists, and the question was, do sex therapists have better sex? Well, it turns out we do because we have so much knowledge, and therefore we have less anxiety. And anxiety is a huge problem, especially for young men with premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction. But... um, so it's important to have sexual knowledge. But um, the, but the mismatched desire is, is huge. And um, that, that's very big. And I, I can tell you, now do you want me to say how I deal with it or yet or, or later in the interview? Like the spouse with the, or the partner with the lower desire versus the partner with the yeah, higher desire. Yeah, we'll explore that. And um, we'll definitely want to... Um, talk about the what you mentioned is the sex education. You know, it's different cultures certainly may have different, or even just every different household is going to come from uh, a different background and perspective uh, for sex education. And it's kind of important because 
there's a more common theme uh, in recent years of, of talking about of sex positivity and not looking at sex as this negative thing where in, in Western culture here in the United States, we have this very negative um, connotations with sex, talking about sex uh, in the, in the household and then, um, you know, through formal education as well. So that's a, a huge part of forming who we are. And then we bring that into the relationship and, and that can definitely affect the, the sexual, uh, side of a relationship. Uh, absolutely. Um, to have more knowledge and to realize things like, um, sex, helps fight stress. And don't we all have, I mean, I manage my stress. I don't have a lot of it, but quite well. And I do manage it with, with sex. (laughs) It's, you know, there's nothing like orgasms and feeling flooded with oxytocin and all of that to, to really help. Um, And that is, you know, there's uh, with stress, there's a lot of adrenaline and cortisol in response to the stressors. Um, but, uh, we know that having sex helps. It can even help with a headache, not all headaches, but, you know, having a woman having an orgasm, um, can help her headache go away. So that excuse not tonight I have a headache isn't always exactly, uh, true. Um, that's a good, uh, That's that can be yeah. a good tool for for our male listeners or female. If the guy said he has a right. headache, that's not an excuse. Right. And I think that's kind of you know the the underlying issue when someone says oh, I have an headache, not right now. It's probably not because they have a headache. It's probably right. It's it's they're not feeling intimate with their spouse, or or they might be tired, you know. But it's about properly communicating that, and then kind of setting up the rest of your relationships so you have healthy communication and you're not fighting like you mentioned earlier so then when your body and in your mind and you're ready to have sex there's not these other blocks of uh of friction in the relationship preventing you from doing so yes yes exactly so um it, it, it's usually the woman with a lower desire perhaps 70 to 80% of the time, not always, sometimes it's the man, Um, but the low desire uh, partner, spouse, controls the sexual relationship because they determine the frequency of sex. And uh, I have found, you know, after all these years, I've seen thousands and thousands of of, uh, couples and individuals. So I have found that there's this unspoken expectation with the the lower desire person. I don't have to satisfy your sexual needs, but I expect you to remain faithful to our marriage. And I, in my view, this is an unfair arrangement. So I suggest to my couples, and as I said, this is the most common presenting problem. Number one, just do it. And the reason for this is that research suggests that for more than half of the population, sexual desire doesn't just happen. Most have to be physically stimulated to feel desire. So people who think they need to be in the mood to have sex 
might in fact need to have sex to get in the mood. So again, for lots of people who don't have desire problems, uh, desire will precede arousal. But for people who do have problems, then arousal needs to precede desire. So the, I'll, I'll suggest that the couple have homework and, and, and it's touch homework and maybe even, um, I, I don't always suggest this right off the bat, um, but um, so I'll suggest that they, that they have sexual relations with plenty of foreplay and then intercourse. And sometimes I have the, the woman come back. I usually see people every two weeks uh, come back two weeks later and say, well, I wasn't in the mood, Dr. Diana, but you suggested we do it. And I'm so glad because guess what? I had an orgasm and then I felt so much better. So I get this sort of feedback on just do it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's very, you know, one of the things that gives me um, a lot of gratification in my job is that I become the permission giver. Um, and indeed permission giving plays a, a big role in sex therapy. Um, so I might say to the woman, it's all right to initiate. It's okay to be on top sometimes. And this is getting better and better because I have more and more younger people all the time in my practice and things have opened up a lot. But um, so anyway, it's just giving permission uh, often serves as a corrective emotional experience to perhaps what the person has grown up with some of the early messages, right? Yeah, I think that's super helpful. I've never really heard of that, that uh, the way of giving the permission and just doing it to, to get in the mood. And I think that's a great way to start if any of our listeners are having those problems, just to just do it. <laughs> Nike, just do it. Just exactly. It's Nike. And, and a colleague of mine, Laura Berman, and she put it very well, if men are microwaves, women are slow-cooking ovens. It's really true. Women need to be aroused. And there's a physiological reason, too. Um, if men just go directly for his partner's genitals, this is not good. She, she needs 15 or 20 minutes of kissing, of touching, of foreplay, perhaps cunnilingus perhaps fellatio, uh, you know, oral sex, right, both ways. And um, a woman really needs this. Uh, her uterus, if a woman has her uterus, it's above the cervix. And um, so when she's aroused, that uterus lifts up a little bit from the cervix. And if that hasn't happened during intercourse, especially doggy style, the penis can hit the cervix and then the uterus because it hasn't lifted. She's not aroused enough and that can really be uncomfortable. Yeah. So you need to be attentive, attentive to your partner's needs because literally physiologically even there's a process and, and you know, if they're not in the mood, then especially for the females, it, it physiologically takes longer to become aroused. So, 
you know, the men in the relationship need to understand that and be attentive to it and willing to do the work to find out what it is that their partner needs and then taking those steps to, to make it enjoyable uh, for them, not like it's a job, you know? Like, I think it's important. I, I like the advice of just do it, and sometimes that's easier said than done, but I think it's important that, that the couples listening say, all right, just do it, but do it with, with kind of a plan, right? Well, and that requires communication, and I think that is essential. And so many couples that I see come in and they have a lot of difficulty with sex talk, with sexual communication, because they don't have models for it, and then I, I model that. And, and a lot of folks believe if you really loved me, you should know. And I explain it's like going on a treasure hunt without any clues. Communication is necessary and I think especially in the light of day when you can see your partner's face and your partner's subtle reactions. And and a, a woman, for example, might say, you know, I was reading an article uh, or I was listening to a podcast <laughs> and or I was listening to Dr. Diana's show. Let me give a plug for my show, uh, which is listed on my um, website, drdianawiley.com, dr for doctor, d-i-a-n-a-w-i-l-e-y.com. And so my, my show is Love, Lust, and Laughter, and it's uh, Tuesdays, Pacific time, between 3 and 4, but it, it, it is, uh, inter- as yours is, so it's internet, so it's, it's broadcast later. It's live initially, and then it's broadcast later. Anyway, um, so you can say I was reading an article or listening to a radio show or a podcast and I realized there are some things I don't know about what you enjoy in bed. And I want to create a kind of, I want to create that kind of pleasure for you. So then the person can describe what draws um, he or she to the other and how that makes the person feel. And I suggest in terms of this communication that, that, that they should not hide, that women tend to have body anxieties and men performance anxieties. And, of course, both rob you of the ability to lose yourself completely in lovemaking. So communication, really, really important. Do you have any uh, advice for the women who do have uh, body anxiety or the men that have performance anxiety? Any tips for them? Yeah, I do. Um, So for body anxiety, um, I, uh, for one thing, I would like for the, uh, we're talking mainly about heterosexual couples here, but of course I work with gay couples too, but, but for the moment, let's just, have a reference for heterosexual couples. So oftentimes the man needs to reassure his woman that he really loves her curves if she has them and that, that she is very appealing to him, uh, you know, curves and all. She may not have the perfect body, but she needs to realize that she has a body that works. For instance, her legs, if she's worried about her chubby thighs, instead of focusing on her chubby thighs, 
during lovemaking, which can really take away from the moment. Because for, for sex to be really spectacular, you need to be in the moment, surrender, not be thinking about negative things. And, of course, that will help the woman achieve orgasm. She has to be responsible for it. Uh, and the man is not going to make her have an orgasm. Anyway, so she needs to feel comfortable with her body, maybe with some reassurance from her man. And um, sometimes I suggest that women stand in front of a full-length mirror naked and, first of all, look at the parts of their body that they really like and then to touch parts of their body that they have problems with and to, to reframe it. Now, sometimes this takes a while, but reframe it. Um, as I just said, you know, okay, my legs take me places. Okay, my belly digests. Okay, my breasts, well, maybe I breastfed some babies and now they're hanging a little bit, but they worked. <laughs> and um, so, and then for men with performance anxieties, I think some deep relaxation first can help a lot. Some breathing, um, some non-intercourse kinds of activities um, because... I will suggest sensei focus homework where intercourse, sensei focus was a term that Masters and Johnson, the sex researchers from the 50s and 60s came up with. They felt too many people were genitally focused and not whole body enough. So these homework assignments I give for the first couple of weeks, intercourse is not even allowed and there's a lot of non-demand sexual touching or sensual, really sensual touching. Face, hands, feet, torso, giver, receiver, taking turns, 20 to 30 minutes each. I, I have handouts that explain all of this for my clients so that, and taking notes between the time that they uh, exchange or they take turns, right, giver, receiver. So that those are did, – did that answer your question, yeah. Sarah? Yeah, yeah. I mean – that's great information, and, and it's specific tools that that our listeners can employ. Um, what would you tell a couple that's trying to open up the communication, the sexual communication? What is kind of the first step? Maybe some questions they can ask uh, to get that communication going. Um. W well, uh, by the way, this ties into something I, that you sent me earlier about engaged and newlyweds um, and uh, what do they need to do? Well, I think the most important thing they need to do, and I love doing premarital counseling because it's, it prevents so many problems, and the main thing is good, good communication. And um, so I think that showing appreciation uh, is a first step because people forget to say what they value and appreciate about their partner. So I say to my couple, speak up. It creates good feelings, and that can draw us closer. And, you know, both genders enjoy being told they're attractive. And um, sometimes this homework assignment gets couples talking and I ask them to create an adoration list 
by asking the partner to write down seven non-material things that would help him or her feel cherished by you and make a similar list yourself. So they each write a list, right? Non-material things, adoration list. And then that can generate discussion. Um, And you might even play 20 questions. Do you know your partner's favorite movie, favorite song? Think of 20 things that you don't know about each other and then take turns asking questions. Um, So, and then that can lead into what I, a lot of couples are really shy about saying this is how I'd like to be touched or what I, what I need in terms of sexual um, uh, touching and, and behaviors. And so that, that can get, that can get couples going. You know, I talk about two syndromes that I see a lot in especially my younger couples, meaning I have a number of couples in their 20s and 30s, especially late 20s, 30s and 40s. And I talk about the DINS and the TTFS syndromes. That would be DINS is double income, no sex. And TTFS is too tired for sex. And these are sexual patterns that absolutely invade relationships. And so you've got to take time to talk. You've got to have date nights out where you talk about positive things in your relationship. You don't talk about the children, um, at least on your date night. You know, you probably you're talking about them many other times, but don't do it on your date night. Keep it positive. And then I often suggest that couples take turns with date nights, planning them. And whoever plans the particular date night, and I suggest two a month, um, whoever plans the date night also gets to initiate sex later. And so it gives, it gives some structure and it, it can jumpstart the uh, sexual relationship. Well, that's, that's a great tool. And, and, uh, all of that is just opening up the communication, learning about your partner. It's going to help you feel closer to them, more intimate, and then it's going to lead to to better sex. And then specifically, I think also getting you more comfortable with talking about sex, specifically what what you like in the bedroom. Uh, if it if it's moving you towards that, then that's important too. Um, it's so funny because I feel like. Even in in uh, Sarah and I's relationship, like there's this this embarrassment about talking about sex, even with with uh, our partners. Why do you find that? Is that is I think a lot of it has to do with the culture and, and society. Well, it does, and your childhood, um, and how much the, your family of origin talked about sex. Most families of origin don't talk about it very much. I was really lucky because my family did. I came out of secure attachment um, where my parents were affectionate with each other and affectionate with us. And and so secure attachment really predicts uh, a healthier adult relationship where you feel like your partner can be available to you and responsive. Responsive first and then... uh, well, or either, but anyway, that's what attachment. But 
we, uh, if we don't have much practice talking about sex, we can feel very vulnerable. If there's sex abuse in the history, uh, that complicates things even further. Um, some people don't have the language, the words for it, so they're kind of embarrassed. That's, again, how sex therapy can, can really be useful because the therapist can model, you know, um, talking about sex with great comfort. Um, but when you're, you know, when you're talking about sex and what you need and what you desire and what you want, Depending upon one's background, it can feel <laughs> uh, extremely vulnerable. What if my partner laughs at me? Or what if, if I'm a woman and what if I say too much and he thinks that, I'm, that I've had way more sexual experience than he has if, you know, now we're married and, uh, you know, where did she get all this information? There can be all kinds of scenarios. Right, right. So, you know, using those exercises, the communication exercises that you mentioned earlier would kind of be a, a good first step for someone that's like really dreading talking to their partner about sex. Yeah. And I also suggest, and this would be for say, cause about 70% of the time it's the man with a higher desire, maybe 70 to 80%. Um, so I suggest that he search for non-sexual triggers that might arouse his partner. You know, he might start out, he thinks, oh, he'll boost his partner's libido with sex toys, X-rated videos, lingerie. And people with low desire frequently feel more turned on by gestures of love outside the bedroom. So I suggest, I suggest to the man, you know, to ask himself, what has my spouse been asking or complaining about and make an effort to satisfy that request because being responsive to your spouse's need is foreplay. Right, right. You know, that's it's not, that's it emotional have to foreplay. Be, yeah, that's a great word for it. There you go, emotional foreplay. Yeah, because we, we think, you know, we automatically assume, okay, more sex, you know, like you said, sex toys, X-rated videos, lingerie but a lot of times you know talk about the classic uh what's your love language you know someone may like touch or they might they may like to receive gifts or um you know adoration and and so definitely encourage our listeners to consider these alternative methods of of making your partner more comfortable um that's a great point so um, uh, what did you say? Yeah, by the way, yeah. uh, Gary Chapman's books on the five love languages, do you know he's been on the best-selling list for books for nine years? That's unheard of for a mental health professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's useful because it, it, it highlights for couples that to have a really good satisfying relationship you need to know what your partner's love language is and then to know that and then to also be able to apologize and to forgive that is essential in good relationships yeah and this is all great information and yeah we always encourage our listeners to to check out the five love languages and and read the book 
and uh, try to understand what your love languages are and what your partners are, how they receive love, and then you're going to be more attentive to those needs. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, kind of what what most relationships partners probably want is you're going to have more sex and better sex. You know, if you get on the same page with all of that, and you won't need to That's take Advil for true. headaches. You'll just be able to have sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, uh, and then, you know, I also kind of related to this. I, I suggest that couples steer clear of common turn, turnoffs and don't blame because it's a couple's problem. And every touch, hug, kiss does not have to be sexual. And in fact, that's a big casualty uh, of mismatched desire um, because non-sexual affection, uh, for example, cuddling while watching TV, um, it, it often goes by the wayside because um, it's not that the lower desire person sees the positive response as a go sign for sex, for sex. And so the non-sexual affection just stops and and that's really too bad because we need we need touch we need hugs we need cuddling we get uh because it it generates oxytocin and that's very good for our bodies yeah absolutely so what would you what would you say to someone that that maybe uh there's no cuddling because they they don't want to have sex all the time, but every time they try to cuddle with their partner, probably usually the guy is is trying to turn that into sex. How would you sort of deal with that situation? Well, I would suggest that they uh, that the guy says, "I just I I I want to be able to kiss you and hug you, and I don't want you to interpret this as a signal that we need to go off to the bedroom together and have intercourse." Um, so to make it clear, yeah, clarify. just directly communicate it, right? Like so many things yeah. in in the relationship, like so many things, yeah, like so many things, um, yeah, and it's just, and I think also more touching. One of the books that I think is just terrific is Great Sex. A man, this is for the guys, but also for the women who love them. A Man's Guide to the Secret Principles of Total Body Sex, and that's by Michael Kesselman. And, um, and he, he says, the simple secret of great sex is stop trying to imitate what you see in pornography, which is the rushed mechanical sex that's entirely focused on the genitals, and instead... Cultivate the opposite of porn. That would be leisurely, playful, creative, whole body, massage-based lovemaking that includes the genitals but is not obsessed with them. So you're going to turn in the porn for massage oil and do the whole body thing, and then everybody's more relaxed and receptive typically. Well, I love that advice. Well, now it's time to move into the lasting love round. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their sex life? Well, I've sort of covered it already, um, but I will say 
more than one. Um, so I will say show appreciation because many relationships die from emotional undernourishment and people forget to say what they value and appreciate about their partner. So speak up. It really creates good feelings, draws us closer, and, of course, both men and women enjoy being told they're attractive. And um, so, that, so that's uh, that. So, uh, the outer, so the showing appreciation and, uh, and then touch, back to touch again, non-sexual affection, very, very important. Is there a book or resource you could recommend for listeners who want to improve their sex lives? Well, the one I just mentioned, Great Sex by Michael Kesselman, is very good. Um, I, I like es- Esther Perel's book, Mating in Captivity. And she has, that's um, E-S-T-H-E-R, Perel, P-E-R-E-L, Mating in Captivity. And her, she has been viewed some 14 million times on her TED Talks. And then another book that I really like, colleague, I've had, her, I've had her on my radio show a number of times, is Sherry Winston, S-H-E-R-I Winston. And her, her book is Succulent Sex Craft, Your Hands-On Guide to Erotic Play and Practice for Men and Women, Singles and Partners. It's an excellent book. And... Um, so that, that those would be my recommendations. Great. Well, thank you. We'll be sure to add all those resources to your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. We've been married for almost two years now. Is there any advice you would give newlyweds? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, so I would say just do it. Yes. Very important to remain sexual. And um, what is sometimes time cools sexual urgency, but uh, you need to continue to give each other undivided attention because you know already, I mean, you have a little girl, so you know already that uh, the demands of daily life can intrude. And your life isn't the same as before your daughter was born, right? Yep, that's it. So you, yeah, so um, it, you need to deal with daily life um, and talk about it and, and, and structure some time, um, you know, apart. Have, have your date nights. Uh, get a babysitter. Um, and then I think also um, don't, ever take your relationship for granted it's great advice and i love i love just do it because there's so many especially whether you have kids or not just modern day life is busy and there's there's there'll always be Mm -hmm. an excuse not to be intimate with your partner and and sometimes it's fine not to it's not we're not saying and i'm sure and i know you're not either that you have to just do it every time but uh there's going to be times when you do need to just do it. Yes, and um, because in the early stages of most relationships, you can't keep your hands off each other, and um, with a new love interest, and 
you have novelty, and novelty triggers the release of the brain chemical, which is a neurotransmitter, dopamine. And as dopamine levels rise, people become more energized, exhilarated, and obsessed. And their hearts pound, and they have difficulty sleeping, and they lose their appetites, and they become more persistent and tenacious. In other words, they fall in love. Um, and as dopamine rises, so does testosterone, and that's the hormone that fuels sexual desire. Um, so to keep dopamine flowing, couples have to be creative. They have to make love in new places. They have to trick the brain. They have to play out some fantasies, perhaps. They certainly need to get away without the children or the child occasionally um, so that you can, and then you're making love in different places, um, a B&B or a hotel room or whatever, and then you'll get more dopamine, um, which is the hormone of arousal. Yeah, I love and that. And you need that. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give our single listeners looking for a healthy sexual relationship? Uh, I take your time. Uh, don't just have a hookup. I mean, these days, that's advice that's, I mean, couples, I mean, individuals can have hookups and enjoy them, I guess. But um, I think most women are much happier if, um, and and I hear this in in, uh, longer-term relationships, they want men to slow down, do more, care more. And so I think not just jumping into a sexual relationship, getting to know each other, a bit can be very useful. Uh, and the woman may feel more valued if, if the man isn't just trying to uh, jump on her and have sex. You know, the old cliche almost or axiom is that men will say that they love the woman in order to have sex and the woman will have sex in order to feel love. So there are still some gender differences, but, but, you know, communication and maybe the single person says, you know, I, I, I don't want to take this too fast. I, I want to get to know you first before we have, at least before we have intercourse. Well, that is great advice, Dr. Dan- Diana. We really enjoyed having you on the show today. So let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Thank you, Sarah. So my website is drdianawiley.com, and my radio show is Love, Lust, and Laughter. And the archived versions are on my radio site, or there's also a link to Progressive Radio Network. Well, our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab, and you'll be on in the archives. And again, Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. You're so welcome. It was my pleasure. You sound like just a lovely young couple. I wish you well, too. Hi, Sarah here. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon, Amazon, or Audible.com. All the links are on the bottom of our show notes page on idopodcast.com and in the description for this episode. Also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate it so much. Thanks.
get out of line? What's it mean to see the future in the darkness of night? Does it mean something more? Should I open my eyes? They all come from the mountains. They all come from the sea. My spirits and dreams are always following me. Come alive, Sex Podcast Collective. Visit pleasurepodcasts.com.